American football in Finland. The voice in your ears is perfect, Purvis, and this is American football in Finland. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Coach Q. What's going on, Q? What's going on? The AFF podcast is available on all major platforms, including YouTube. So wherever you listen, be sure to follow, like, subscribe, and rate us. Anything less than five stars tells us that you are a hater. Don't be a hater. It's first down when we get a chance to start fresh and discuss whatever is on our minds. But as we get closer to the playoffs, we just going to take this whole section over and make it about the playoff picture. Like for the next couple of weeks, this is going to be about the playoff picture because no one cares what we got going on right now. Okay. We talking football, we talking playoffs. So just, I want to run down the standings and then kind of go over what it's looking like for the next couple of weeks. Cause we're entering week 11. I think there's 11, 12, 13. I think there's 14 weeks or something like that. There's no, I mean, everybody plays 12 games, but there's some bye weeks um, coming up. This next week is, is regular games, but then there's a bye week for everyone because the national teams are playing. So that like adds a week. But anyways, first place, Crocs are seven and one. Second place, Butchers are six and three. Third place, Steelers are five and four. Fourth place, Roosters are four and four. And in fifth place, the Royals are four and five. And in sixth place, UNC is three and six. And in last place is the Wolverines, of course, at 0 and 8. If the playoffs were today, it'd be Crocs, Butchers, Steelers, Roosters. Because the Roosters have, I guess, the tiebreaker on the Royals. They have the same amount of points, but they beat the Royals twice. So, obviously, if it's out of them, the Royals, they get in. And then UNC is on the outside looking in, and the Wolverines, their season's pretty much over. But what I really want to look at is who the teams have left, because that kind of helps us understand. And I want to start at the bottom with, like, we got the Royals and the Roosters and UNC. All three of these teams is basically, in my opinion, fighting for the fourth place, right? That sounds about correct because they're Roosters and Royal both have four wins. UNC has three. We've already said it. You need at least six wins to get in. For UNC, for them to have any hope of getting in, they have to win the next three games, and they probably need someone else to lose games during that time. Yeah, they're losing. Yeah, their next game, they have at Royals, home against the Wolverines, home against the Butchers. And they need to win all three. Like, it, there's no other way about it. If they lose any more games this season, they're done. They're not getting in playoffs with five wins because they're playing against the Royals and the Butchers. So that's an interesting thing. Now, what I like is how <laughs> the Roosters and the Royals are going to have to kind of do the same thing to get in the playoffs, and they've already played each other twice. Because I'm looking at the schedule, and the Roosters technically are in the fourth seed now, but obviously if they lose, Royals win. Like, that's how it's going to go. But the Roosters have at Butchers, at Steelers, at Crocs, and then they get the Wolverines for the last game of the season. So, hypothetically, they for sure have one more win. They're going to win five. But they have to beat one of the other three playoff teams to get in the playoffs. And 
in my opinion, it doesn't even matter who they beat in out of these next three games. If they beat one of them, they become the most dangerous team in the playoffs because mm. they'll have the most like recent victory against a playoff team. You know? Yeah. Like if they if they beat the Crocs with two weeks left in the season, and then come in fourth and have to play the Crocs in the playoffs, that's going to mm. make the Crocs a little feel some type of way. But say they beat the Butchers and end up at the three or four seed, that's going to still make them look very dangerous because they've been on a run basically the second half of the season. And yep. I think I think the hardest part for them is they have to beat a playoff team on the road. They're in the playoffs now. Everything they the next three games are playoff games. They have to win one, and they're all on the road. And the Butchers game isn't that far. You know, it's only like an hour or something away, forty five minutes to go to Porfu. But the Steelers, that's in Corpio. Crocs, that's in Sinioki. They got to beat the Butchers. That's what I would hope that they could beat the Butchers to get in there. Um, and then and then you can really be okay with losing until you play the Wolverines to make sure you get in. Because for them, they just have to win six. They yeah. win six, and Royals win six. They're gonna get the. They're gonna get in over the Royals if they win. I don't know if they got a tiebreaker over UNC though, but I I still think UNC winning all three is a long way. But the the other side of that coin is the Royals who are four and five. They they only have three more games, and they're similar to UNC in my opinion. They have to win all three. Mm. They they can't win six. They, I mean, technically they can try to win six, but if if the Roosters win one game before the last game of the season and they don't win three, then they're out. They can't they so, can't get in with six. Yeah. So again, the Royals are in playoff mode. Every game they play from now on is for the playoffs. And actually, they're they're playing against UNC, Crocs, and Butchers. But all three of their games are at home. So it's it's an interesting matchup because the Royals and Roosters, that's that's the interesting part. Um other teams we kind of think they're gonna be playoffs. I'm not worried about that. But Roosters have to win one game on the road. Royals have to win three games at home. <laughs> they have to win more games, but they're at home for all those games. And they got UNC up first. I think when they play UNC in the next matchup, that's gonna decide which one of them still has a playoff shot, right? Mm-hmm. Because they both got to win three. So whoever loses that game is out. Um, looking at the playoff picture at the higher end, because now those three teams we're talking about fourth place most likely. But now with the Butchers and Steelers, we're looking at kind of seeding more than anything. And then mm-hmm. maybe even taking over the Crocs if, you know, somebody beats the Crocs. Let's not go that far. But I, I'm not even going to entertain, you know, someone just beating the Crocs twice in, in the next couple of weeks. They got to lose two games at least. Uh, but the Butchers have Roosters at Royals, UNC. And the Steelers have Roosters, Wolverines, and at Crocs. So they both have the Roosters. I think the Roosters could probably beat the Steelers, probably not the Butchers. And the Steelers still need one more win to get in, but they have a Wolverines game. So they're going to make playoffs. It's all about are they going to be a, a three seed or a two seed in this one? Two seed, yeah. It's crucial here. <laughs> It's tough to see, but I think the Butchers just got to win, you know, one more game, and they're they're probably locked in at the two seed because they, they have seven games. Steelers got to win two. Uh, it come down. This next week will show. That's, that's what's so interesting about this next week is that this is week 11, and there's a break after this week. 
But potentially this week could let us know who's going to make playoffs and who's not. That's the playoff picture for now. Uh, we'll we'll leave it at that. I won't go too much more into it because I feel like we talked about it a lot. So we don't know where everybody's going to land. All we know is that the Crocs are in and the Butchers are in. Where everybody lands, up for grabs, heading into week 11. If you're listening to my voice, you're now part of the AFF community. But don't be shy about supporting us. Head over to our website and order some AFF swag. Get a t-shirt for this beautiful summer weather. Or a comfy hoodie you can rock all year long. And if you really want the drip, scoop up one of our limited edition snapback caps. Everything you need to represent the AFF community can be found on our website at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash merch. The players of the week have been announced on our social media channels earlier this week. But of course, we want to explain our picks in depth outside the facts. First up, Offensive Player of the Week, Demetrius Senadinos, quarterback from Helsinki Roosters. Demetrius stats, he was 16 for 23, 70% completion, 365 yards, five tubs. And he had some rushing yards, but I think he got like sacked or something, so they weren't that high. But he, he ran the ball well in this game as, as well from what I saw. One thing that I, I really that really stood out about Senadinos, again, we're not talking about the whole season as a whole. We still remember what happened earlier in the season. But in this game this week when they played UNC and it was kind of a make or break for both teams, like who's going to, you know, take that fourth spot in the playoffs, Senadinos showed up to play came out there balling. He was throwing bombs. He was throwing dimes. And he looked in control offensively. And what I really liked about his game was you could see that he was more poised than he was earlier in the season. And I'm trying not to compare too much, but in this game, he did, there was no flaws. He didn't have any problems. He was able to do whatever he wanted to, um, instruct his team, help them get to places. And he really controlled the flow of the game from the quarterback position which is all the Roosters really need is someone that can control it. And he did that this week. So congratulations to Senadinos on winning Offensive Player of the Week. Yes, sir. Uh, second guy we have on here is Defensive Player of the Week. I think this one is is super interesting because he he could have been Offensive Player of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> that is Alpha Jallo, um, Defensive Back, in quotations, of the Wasa Royals. Alpha had three PBUs. First of all, his stats wrong. I counted. He had four, but they gave him three. One interception. Interception was seventy-four yard touchdown, and he held Vincent McDonald to three receptions and forty-five yards with no touchdowns. Now this is this is us getting analytical. It's kind of easy to get analytical when this, you're looking at one guy doing something against another guy. But Alpha had four PBUs. First of all. He had four total, but he had three of them against McDonald. So that's three targets where he interrupted McDonald's. And there were more targets that McDonald just couldn't get to. There was a couple times where his physical nature against McDonald made McDonald drop a ball or fall down before a route turn. So he easily affected closer to what I said, three, four, five or six additional targets towards McDonald, who still got three catches on him. So he got targeted about 10 times and was only successful 30% of the time. Them are hella numbers for a defensive back. 
Not to mention, we know that Alpha was also playing receiver in this game and returner. So late, I think it was late in the game, the one time that McDonald actually got a touchdown, and this is so crazy, was the one time Alpha went to safety. He took one playoff, and they threw it, and McDonald got a touchdown. That's the only time he got a touchdown, a 15-yard touchdown. Like, his his real stats for the game were like four receptions, 60 yards, and one tub, which looks okay until you realize it really was 345, no tubs. And immediately the next play, Alpha goes to corner. They try to throw another fade to McDonald. Alpha gets a pick on the extra point. Just to let you know how dominant he was against McDonald in this game. No no disrespect to McDonald. McDonald played really well, and he, he caught what he could. But when it all came down to it, Alpha shut him down when he when he needed to, and that's what you wanted him to do. Um, I know I'm only talking about this week, but this is the second week Alpha has kind of shut down a premier uh, <laughs> receiver at one if we put him at corner. I think it's gonna it's gonna be tough. I think when we do our like all Finland list, because I think he makes defensive back as well, even though he doesn't play like corner as much. He's proven that if you put him against the best receivers in the league, he can hold his own and he can be a, a factor as a defensive back for them. So that's what yeah. I saw from what did you see from Alpha in this one? Uh out of here. This is the Alpha of, of uh that that we're used to seeing. I mean, uh we've seen a lot more of it in previous seasons, but this year he's like a one man wrecking crew. Um him and Timothy. Um, the things they can do together. Just Alvin's just you can't you can't be mad at a player like that 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 just gives his all and just so happen his all is is better than most uh, people's <laughs> everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like not you know not not to take anything away from from any uh, other players, but Alvin is on a whole other level. Uh, if he didn't have to play defense and offense, we would be seeing highlight reels probably every every week, and and I think. Uh, I think they had a chip on their shoulder in this game. Um, I we didn't pick the, them to win, but 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 not not accounting for the fact that Alpha can do Alpha things at any given time, and he took over this game and on both sides of the ball pretty much, and they came up with a win. And I think he had a big part to do with that. That confidence, the big part of, of the aggressiveness that they were playing with came from him being on defense and offense. So um, I think he's well deserving of of the award and many more, you know, for the most part. But Alpha's just doing Alpha things, man. Let's talk about some of the key player performances from this week. And for all the haters out there, we limit these picks to two players per game. And we go with maximum impact over like stat padding. And sometimes the stats add up to it, but honestly, we could easily make this list 15 players every week. Like there's a lot of good players and a lot of good performers, but we're we're kind of just highlighting a little bit on the outlier guys, but also guys who've made an impact where if we were to take them out the game, it could have been totally different. So that's where we're going with this list. If y'all have an issue with it, you know, just tag us. We're cool with it. You know, it's all entertainment online, right? But first yeah. guy is I I, I want to say I, okay, I'm gonna say it anyways. First guy is my choice for you know like MVP of the league this season, and that's Seth Rollins. 
running back from UNC Crusaders. He had he had 16 attempts, 164 yards, one touchdown, averaged 10.2 yards a carry, 260 all-purpose yards. And it's almost it, – I'm trying to calm <laughs> down when I say this. It's getting boring to say he's so good every game no matter what happens. Like, I don't care if they win or they lose. He's going to get you 200 yards all-purpose. He's going to make a play that puts you in the game, whether it's as a returner, whether it's as a runner, as a receiver, as a damn defensive player. It doesn't matter. He will do what your team needs. Him and Alpha Jallo are two of the most dynamic players we have in this league. And what's crazy is Seth Rowland is, in my opinion, under the radar dynamic because his team doesn't support him and they have to use him. And he is surrounded technically by talent. But if you look at all the Crusaders games this season, there is not one. And this week is no different where he's (laughs) not the reason they were in the game. He is the reason that they were in this game. And I mean, they weren't in this game. Sorry. (laughs) He's a reason that that it wasn't nearly as bad as it should have been, I guess is what you could say. He's a reason they prolonged it as as long as they could because it was a shellacking. But, again, back to what I said previously, I don't really care about the win or loss when I'm looking at Seth Rowland in this game because he's never going to be at fault. He's always going to be something you can kind of bank on as, you know, a shining light or something positive for this team, despite the fact that the Crusaders are going through, you know, what they're going through. What they're going through, yeah. Um, second guy we got on the list, another running back. Love to the running backs because, you know, the NFL is not messing with them anymore. Um, <laughs> Ville, Ville Hamalainen, running back from Helsinki Roosters. He had 12 rushes, 125 yards, two touchdowns, 10.4 average. Again, similar to Seth Rowland in the fact that Ville was just running. Like, UNC defense had nothing for this guy. And he was just running all game. Every time he got the ball, he getting, t- I guess it's 10 yards on average, but it looked more like 15 a pop to me when I'm watching the film. Whenever they wanted to run the ball, they ran it. So that made it a lot easier for their passing game. That's how, I mean, Senadinos ended up throwing the wide open receivers at certain times. Why was that? Because all eyes are in the backfield. Because Ville yeah. Hamelin was putting in work. And again, this is another guy that I feel is underrated. Why we, we point him out in key performers. He is... Easily becoming one of the best running backs in the league. I think you have Seth Rowland, you got Christian Powell, you got Ville Hamalainen. I know we got Mickey J too. But I mean, it's getting out there. We're we're getting some good running back performances, but Ville is he's coming on strong in the second half of the season for the Roosters when they need him. That's something that we said before the season was they were gonna have a lot of running backs. We didn't know who was gonna really be the guy. And we didn't know how it was going to work out for them. And now we've kind of seen the consistency from Ville. Like he he's the lead back and he's kind of jailed with this offense. I think his running style has evolved to fit the offense more than it was earlier in the season. And we're seeing it. This is like the third or fourth hundred yard game for him. I think he's had like two games where he had almost 200. So this is again another shout out to a guy that people need to keep on their radar, Ville Hamalai and then key performer. Next guy. Miko Seppinen, wide receiver from Portview Butchers. He had nine receptions, 131 yards, three touchdowns. I just want to, I want to apologize because earlier in the season, you know, my my top 
top or favorite receiver for the Butchers has been Christian Nalton in all season because he was a, a sleeper. But mm-hmm. you you still got to give Seppin in the props that he deserves. That he doesn't make those like he doesn't make a lot of easy catches. He makes hard catches look easy, and I think the reason I'm apologizing is I think I got too accustomed to him making those catches when he needed to, and I I undervalued how great he is as a receiver. And in this game, I mean, obviously it was going to be a blowout. I mean, we knew what it was going into it, but um, Nottingham wasn't there. Arola still had a pretty good game, and even the other receivers showed up in this one. But when it came down to it, big pl- big time players make big plays. Miko Seven and make big plays every week, every week. And this was another one where he he really stood out with almost 10, 10 catches, and he had three tubs. So he had what three three t- touchdowns out of nine receptions. So every Three times he caught the ball, he was in the end zone. That's crazy, but that's what he does. He makes big plays in this in this game. It just was more proof of it. So I'm finally giving him his flowers. And I apologize for ever <laughs> doubting that Miko Sevenin is not the best finished receiver in the country. Like, I don't know what I was thinking earlier in the season. But, I, I mean, I've seen enough now that, you know, my mind is clear. There'll be no <laughs> one ever better than Miko Sevenin, and that just is what it is. Uh, the other guy from this game that we got on here, go to defensive side of Porvu, Zach Wright. I don't know why I have him on here as a receiver, but uh, defensive back from Porvu Butchers. Stat-wise, he had two tackles, two interceptions. Uh, one interception went back for a touchdown. And also, if you're listening, Zach, you might want to call SAJL because you had that forced fumble. They didn't put that on their stats for some reason. Just saying, you guys got to watch these stats because I seen him rip the ball out of Lagora's hand, and I know that they said that you know the ball went out of bounds, but that's still a forced fumble, and they didn't give Zach his his forced fumble. But in this game, that's the type of player he was. He created three turnovers by himself. Those three three turnovers in the game by himself. I know he only had two tackles, but yeah, three turnovers and you score a touchdown. I mean, it was late in the game we scored a touchdown, but. I don't know if we're going to have it on top plays this week. It was an impressive interception touchdown because he caught the ball at his ankles. Like the the throw was good. The quarterback threw it where it was going to be low for the receiver to go down and get it. And Wright bent down, grabbed it from his ankles, and then rode off into the sunset against the (laughs) offense. It's just one of those plays. He's been doing that all season. And, and I know this key performer of this week, obviously, but when he do something like that, he's like, damn, I forgot how good this guy is. And in this game, he was that guy. Um, they didn't really need him to do that much, but that first interception he had, you know, that stopped the Wolverines' drive. When he yeah. pulled that that um, forced fumble later in the game, I think that ended up stopping their drive because the Wolverines didn't really have any momentum going after that. And then obviously you got to pick six that stops the drive. Like he's not only creating turnovers, but he's also stopping points from the other team in crucial moments. And that's why he's one of the key performers in this game and not just a stat pattern. Um, next guy I got on here, Timothy Morvick, quarterback from the Wasa Royals. Tim Moe was seven for nine passing. Seven for nine. 
78% completions, 117 yards, and three touchdowns. Now, if you're listening to that, you're like, seven for nine? What is that? He threw nine passes, and three of them were touchdowns. Efficient AF. I don't want to curse on here today, but that is one efficient quarterback. And he also had 35 yards rushing. And I, I looked at the stats because that seemed like a low number. He had 51 yards, but he was sacked for like 15 yards one time. And they take that out of his rushing yards. So it's more yeah. like he had 50 yards rushing, 100 yards passing, three touchdowns. More like a 200-some yard game that he put together or 185 yard total yards. Yeah. Was very efficient. Like every time he ran the ball, it was a clutch run that they needed the yardage and he got what they needed. Every time he passed the ball, they weren't even trying to pass. They only passed it when they wanted to score. And that worked out for them. And that's what Tim did. He took care of the ball, didn't turn it over, put them in situations to win this game. And that's what they went and did. They won the game. So just shout out to Tim Mo for doing what he needs to do out there in this very close game that they needed to keep their playoff hopes alive. Last guy on the list, last but not least, Marcus O, kicker from Quelpio Steelers. He's really a defensive back, but he does the kicking duties. He made two field goals for the Steelers in this game. Even though the Steelers didn't come away with the win, those field goals kind of kept them in the game, kept them within striking distance when their offense stalled in the red zone twice. Because we'll talk about it later when we talk about the game, but they missed opportunities for a lot of points, but at least they got some points. And that's mostly due to the fact that they know that anything around 30 yards or shorter, Mark is going to be able to put that in. And that way you can live to fight another day, which they were able to do. They were able to get the score close. I think it was 14 to 12 at one point. And that was because they had six points out of field goals and they just couldn't, you know, do what they need to do offensively. But Again, key performer is Marcus O. I can't ever pronounce his last name. Let me give it a shot. <laughs> I want to say it's Marcus Oyanbali. I can't Bali? say it. I definitely can't say it. <laughs> it's, it's O-J-A-I-N-V-A-L-I. I just don't – I've never seen anything like it in Finland, so I don't I – don't, Oyanbali. I feel like it's Oyanbali. But, again, we call him Marcus O. Appreciate a great performance from him this week. <laughs> So, we all know the results of last weekend's games. And if you don't know the results, check out our Instagram page where we put the results of all the games from week 10. Okay, you just go to American Football in Finland on Instagram. Check it out. We have the scores. We have the records, all that stuff. Go ahead and give us a follow. What is it on Instagram? Is it a follow? Is that what you do? You follow people? Yeah. Give us a follow on, on Instagram and then give us a, a like on Facebook. I think it's like. Like or follow. Yeah, do that. We got all that out there. But it's time for us to describe who won or lost the game. First game of the weekend, Crusaders versus Roosters. Q, who won this or who lost this game? In your, in your opinion. I feel it was like a blowout, I, but. Um, I feel like the Roosters won this game. Um, They were in control. I think their defense played real, real stout defense. Mm-hmm. I think they were, they they tackled better. Um, they really wasn't giving up much offensively to um, to UNC. Um, I think the Roosters were just in another not zone, but I just think they were more focused. They were more organized on both sides of the ball. 
like you say, Sinadino's had a great game. This is probably the best game I think we've seen him all year. I think we knew he was capable of doing this. He just had a, a rocky start, and it was hard to get up out of that. But I think this game, they didn't give any, they didn't give any leeway for the for, uh, for UNC to to do anything in the game to really help them. I mean, Seth is Seth, and he's gonna get his yards. But if you can't, you know, finish those drives, you can't uh, equate those to points. Then it don't really matter at the end of the game. So I think the Roosters was just more focused and more stout um, on the defense and offensive side of the ball. It pretty much was, you know, running that wheel um, for the most part on the UNC Crusaders. Uh, passing was there. They got all the matchups they want. They got the one on ones they wanted. And uh, I think the Roosters just were a better team um, in this game, and they played like it. And uh, no mistakes. And if you don't turn the ball over, you got a big chance of winning. I mean, they have the players. And I think the Roosters are, are trying to get into some type of playoff mode now. I mean, they are. And, we we said yeah. they're in playoff mode. Like, every yeah. game is playoff now. And that's what it that's what it felt like when I watched them. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm used to seeing from the Roosters. Like, games like this where they're in control, um, they're scoring points, and, and they're looking good on both sides of the ball. So, um, I think the defense can be a little better. Um, against running against the running game, other teams, um, but that's not something that you can fix overnight. It's that's just more mindset. So I, I think um, that's one of those things. I'm, I'm just gonna jump in here because you're talking about the the running back. That's one of those things that every team the Crusaders have played, they've had trouble stopping Seth Rollins. Uh, at some point, I mean, when he that guy, you just gotta be like, okay, when we play this team, he gonna get his. But can it hurt us? And you you said it perfectly. Seth had a, a great game statistically. He got yards, but when they needed to go elsewhere, the Roosters had everybody on lock. And that that's what you want. A bend but yeah. don't break defense in a league where, you know, everybody's used to scoring 30 points. So if you can hold a team to under 30, that's good enough. I mean, it ain't good enough for me and you, obviously. <laughs> but <laughs> that's how the league is going. And that's how the Roosters played in this game. Um, I felt I feel like the Crusaders, uh, they brought in some new, some some fresh blood. Was this the game they brought in their fresh blood? When they brought, they had that new receiver in there. Yeah, they had the French, the French receiver. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I mean, ain't do much. Matter of fact, yeah. he he caught a, a couple passes, and then he was the one that fumbled it in the red zone after Seth had got them out of a bad situation early in the game. Yeah. Crusaders had like a third and like forty yard. Play, like play Seth get like 50 now they're on the other side of the field look like they're driving quarterback trying to you know get on the same page with a new receiver he catches it fumbles roosters that's the end of it roosters take off from there but it's just one of those things like the crusaders I said this before the season so I want people to uh start sending me some dms about what I said before the season <laughs> I said the team that you start with ain't gonna be the team that you end with and this UNC team that we're watching in the back stretch is not as good as that team that we saw in the middle of the season where they got a couple of new pieces, they put it all together, and now, boom, they lost pieces. Now they're straggling to get enough players to come to the games and stuff. And this is what you get when you don't have a home-based team. And that's what happens. And also on the other side of that, this is what you get when you get the Roosters doing what the Roosters do. Mm -hmm. Since the dynasty has fallen from the Roosters, and I say that kind of sarcastically, 
since the Roosters haven't like won Maple Bowls consecutively, they've kind of had a a very common motivation and scheme of they start the season a little rocky, get a little better in the middle, and finish strong. And that's what it looks like now, right? Like we said it earlier, like now they're in playoff mode with four games left to go in the season. They get good at the right time. That's kind of how the organization wants to do it. It's not great mm-hmm. for us out here uh, in the media world because we didn't put them – I think we put them in, what, sixth place at midsummer because we didn't think they had done enough. But, again, these teams know what they're doing inside their own locker rooms. And the Roosters – this game was just evidence of two teams going opposite ways about how they're going about the season. UNC is just trying to finish the season and still make a playoff push while the Roosters are right where they want to be. They want to be in this position where they control their destiny for the rest of the season. They don't have to rely on anyone else. They know that if they bring their best team every week, they're going to get a dub. I'm not even talking about the game as much as I should. Shout out to Danny Kidner. That man went off as usual, but again, you know, UNC secondary ain't really about nothing. So I mean, it ain't too. It's not too impressive, but it's Kidner being Kidner. He's done this every week since he's gotten to Finland, as he put up big numbers. I don't know how many yards he had in this game, but I assume it's a hundred something. But yeah, yeah, he went off. <laughs> what was impressive was when he caught that hitch, and then he put oh, that yeah. whole defense in a blender. He was yeah. in a blender and then and then rode off on him. I always respect any type of player who can do a lot of jukes and then sprint and beat everybody because that's yeah, a conditioning a lot. thing. Yeah, that's take a lot. Yeah, I would. I I don't talk too much about my playing career, but I was one of those guys. I would juke a lot of people and then I would run out of bounds or fall down because I was tired. Like I had that yeah. conditioning, <laughs> so I always respect somebody like Danny Kidner. He he jukes a whole lot of people and then rides out. Even when he caught that slant, he caught a slant. Like he did like an OBJ type slant. He caught a slant and then just ran straight and outran everybody. Yeah. Which shows he has like elite speed and he has elite change of speed to go from a slant route to a sprint is two different things. So just want to get a shout out to Danny Kidner for playing a great game. He easily could have been a key performer or offensive MVP of the week. But we went a, a different direction with those picks this week. Uh, anything else I got on these notes? Uh, no, not really. I mean, the better team won, right? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Flag football in Finland. Yes, the annual AFF Turkey Bowl flag football tournament is back for the fourth consecutive year. This year's 5-on-5 flag football tournament will be held on November 11th at Mukala Sports Hall in Lati. Men's and women's teams are invited to play in a fun and competitive environment with bragging rights on the line. Registration is open until September 1st, so sign your squad up today. Registration can be completed at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash turkey dash bowl. So second game of the week, Wolverines versus Butchers kind of went exactly how we thought. If you were to say who won or lost, the Butchers, <laughs> the Wolverines lost it before it started. I said it. Yeah, yeah. It was like I don't think it was a matter of when it lost. I think it was by how much. But um, you know what's interesting? I'm just sorry. I'm. But just the Wolverines did. You know what? They yeah. did have some positives. Like that first drive. Like I think it was the first or second drive or something of the game. 
the Wolverine were moving the ball, and I think that was because the Butchers just probably wasn't taking the game serious as, as they should have. I think they thought it was going to be a lot easier, but the Wolverines actually was having a lot of positive plays. Um, and they had, like, two or three memorable drives that I remember that they actually put together uh, some nice plays and, and and made some nice catches. Uh, matter of fact, I can't even think of his name. Chris Homeboy, he had some nice catches. Kevin uh, Adams was out there. He had 100 Kevin yards. Adams, he had yeah. 10 catches for, like, 100 yards in this one. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to throw in there because I got it in my notes. The Wolverines, what they've done, and when we talk about the Wolverines, obviously we go into almost every game knowing they're going to lose, but we always try to find, like, that progression. The first couple drives, that's when you find if they are doing well. I got it in my notes here. First drive, Wolverines moving the ball, which reminds me, Butcher's defense, y'all just saying, F it. Our offense is so good, we're just going to give up points because that, that's how it is because that's how y'all been looking every week for the last, like, month and a half. Ever since the offense got good, defense like, well, you know, we ain't got to try no more. But anyways, <laughs> the Wolverines were moving the ball, like you said. And it wasn't one of those, like, oh, they're coming up with these crazy – no, they were just running the ball. Like, mm-hmm. Sebastian LaGoria was running the ball against this team with no problems. They get in the red zone. Rasmus throws some ugly throw. I guess he <laughs> – I mean, you know how it is when you're in the red zone, everything's compacted. I think he just didn't see – that Zach Wright was right there and he mm-hmm. threw a ball not knowing that the defender dropped. I mean, you got to be better than that, Rasmus. But still, that ends a long drive in the red zone. The second drive for the Wolverines, they get back to the red zone. And what happens, a bad snap. There's a bad snap. Rasmus fumbles it, and they lose like 15 yards or something when they were like third and goal. Mm. So then they end up going for it on fourth down and they get nothing. So their first two drives, they moved the ball on the on the butchers offense defense easily. <clears throat> then they get nothing out of it. And then by that point, I think they're still only losing like by a touchdown at that point. But like we've said with the Wolverines, they're gonna give you pretty much what they're gonna do early in the game. And that's all you really gonna like after that, there's not much they can do. They know they're behind. They have to start passing. That's not what they want to do. But the game was only 14-0 at half. And I'm still upset at the Butchers about that. Because y'all know I don't watch a game if somebody's winning by 21. It was 14-0. I technically had to watch the whole third quarter. And by the end of the third quarter, it's 42-6. to Which tells me y'all been taking it easy in the first half. Why? Why y'all do me like that? Now I had to watch the three whole quarters of this. No offense to the Wolverines, but I didn't want to watch three whole quarters of this. <laughs> not, not to mention uh but seeing three quarters i did get to see some of the like fun stuff like right before the half the wolverines do that hook and ladder play that was that was that was the best thing i've seen in a long time <laughs> in the maple maple league because first of all that is not an easy play to do they threw it kevin adams caught that hitch and right before he got tackled by two butchers player flicked that thing to will young and will young almost scored and this was right yep. before the half and yeah. plays like yeah, plays like that give me hope that this team hasn't, you know, given up on the season and they're preparing for the future and they believe that there's some things that they can do. Um, seeing them running this game, just that's everything. Like they were, that's what they really wanted to be a team that can run the ball. The fact they can run against the Butchers gives them hope that, you know, in some games they'll be able to run in the future once they bring in a little more talent and a little more depth. Yeah. And then you also look at um, Alvin Rills scoring the touchdown on the squib kick. Yeah. 
it didn't do nothing to the overall score, but it again is one of those plays where you know that they're not giving up on the season and play players are still trying to make plays. And Alvin was out there making plays. So I mean, big ups to the Wolverines for surviving this game. I know I guess we didn't talk too much about the the butchers, but that's because I'm upset at y'all for letting it go on for this long. <laughs> I, I really, I really am. I I expected it to be like 21-0 in the first quarter or 42 something in the first first half. And then it was 0-14. And I was looking at the score like, what is going on here? Yeah. Why are they not <laughs> like why are they not putting up 8,000 points? And really, it wasn't even the offense's fault, in my opinion. It's mostly their defense letting other teams stay on the field too long. Yep. Letting the Wolverines drive down the field instead of shutting them down. Uh, one thing I saw, again, I still feel like I'm a butcher's hater no matter what I do. I can't help it, guys. I want y'all to be great. Y'all being average right now. I don't like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that defensive line does not look the same without Jesse Volks and Tuita out there. He hasn't been the last two games, and they're, they've been ran through, like, rushing-wise in the last two yeah. games. And I think it kind of shows when you don't have someone like that, which leads me to another thing. So they're getting rid of their linebacker and getting a new linebacker, huh? Yeah. That was random. And Red. apparently Aaron Bryant is, quote-unquote, injured. I'm not going to say he's not. I don't know. I'm not the team physician, but he looks fine to me out there, but – what whatever. Yeah. What whatever. I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't see him get injured at any point this season, but apparently they're bringing somebody new. So that's good for the, the butchers. I think uh what I got note wise on them, Gwinner did his thing like normal. That they, they had a good game, but they played a, a much lesser opponent. But eventually they put up the points. The third quarter when they kind of exploded on them, that's when Miko and Gwinner really got it going. Mickey J got his yards like usual. So that's good to see that. They got it going, but I would have preferred for them to do it a little bit earlier in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think uh, the Butchers obviously was you know dominated eventually, but uh, yeah, I think Gwinter Gwinter could have probably been up there too offensively. It's just hard to put people up there when they play the Wolverines. Yeah, true. The stats, was, the stats are just so boosted. Stats are what they are, but I yeah. mean we all know that like all right, no, like, come on, you can't be the player of the week because you. He played in against the Wolverines, like you can, but it's just inflated stats. But anyway, yeah, they the butchers, like I said last week, I knew they were going to come out after losing. Um, I knew they were going to come out and try to try to try to run up a score and and make up for uh, not make up, but just take it out on on losing on um, the Wolverines, and that's what they did. So, Butch is in a good situation right now. Um, a lot of confidence, you know. It's only up for them at this point. Like they 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 can't. I think they know that they stand out from the bottom two teams. So they're seeing that stuff as like second place. You know what I mean? And I, I think I can safely say that too. Like I yeah, think the Butchers are the second second best team right now. So we'll see. But yeah, shout out to them, man. They, they ball. They ball. Do you love football? Do you enjoy the AFF podcast? Well, we need your help to keep this party going. If you think you can be an asset to our team, please contact us immediately about joining the AFF squad. Email all inquiries to American Football in Finland at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram. So the last game of the weekend, the real game, as I like to call it, uh Quobio <laughs> Steelers versus the Wasser Royals. And I just want to say, first of all, first of all, 
We appreciate any interaction we get from players and fans on the line. Like we we love that type of stuff. We we love engaging with you guys. Um, post tagging AFF, tagging perfect purpose, saying our names and videos. That's all cool, all love. We do love it. But go to the but, championship. <laughs> but, Make sure you go to the championship game. That's all I'm saying. Because I'm gonna tag you when the playoffs start, and when the championship games start, I'm gonna tag you back and ask you what time y'all play. I ain't got no problem with nobody or nothing, but. I do want people that are listening to remember that you don't play us. Yeah. (laughs) I have no actual effect on who wins or loses a game. But if you lose, I can still say something. If you win, I can still say something. So don't forget that energy if you're on the other side of it. That's all I'm saying. Um, And just if anyone doesn't know – we're referencing a video that Alpha Jallo tagged us in, which I thought was a nice video. Only issue mm-hmm. I had with it is uh, if Alpha Jallo or DeMarco artists want to talk a little trash with us, they got it. Them are two great players. Alpha put team on his back at times. Both great players, great guys. But some of them randos in the background, uh, yeah. y'all got to zip it, guys. Like, cause you're not the ones. Um, y'all aren't. <laughs> I mean, I, not to be too rude on this platform, but don't nobody know who you are. <laughs> so don't, be, <laughs> don't be coming at us. Like, no offense, but you gotta, you know, you gotta earn the trash talking, guys. Uh, that's one thing that now that let, now let me speak my age. That's one thing that this generation think is okay nowadays is you're just going to talk trash and not have to back it up. They're in the back like Yeah, in the back. You go, Alpha. Yeah. Go, Alpha. (laughs) Background singers are supposed to be quiet. You're not supposed to be able to tell the background singers. That's all I'm saying is you're going to be yelling at other people's videos. Like, like, if you're doing a video, you see someone doing a video, you get in there, you say something, you say hi, yeah, go team. (laughs) You don't get someone else's video and then try to, you know, call shots because we don't know who you are. So we can't even yeah. come back at you. But yeah, that's neither here nor there. Just having some fun, guys. Again, Alpha, DeMarco, we appreciate the love uh, in this game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, 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 like Royals you said, win it's, it's... or Steelers lose. Yeah. <laughs> I, Royals, I, I'll, say, I'll say this. I'll say uh, – I'll say the Royals won. I won't say the Steelers lost. Even though we picked the Steelers, most of us picked the Steelers to win, with rightfully so, the way that the Royals have been playing in the last few games, so this gauntlet that they had, um, I just didn't think they were going to come out with this type of energy and this type of uh, – but they got a wild card, man. And, like, Timothy – and, like like I said before, I think Timothy is one of the, like, top two quarterbacks – in the league, yeah. it's just not shown the way that it should be shown because of the yeah, offense no that they run, you know. So and not having enough weapons to to move the ball around. But Timothy, like, is is one of the best quarterbacks, obviously in Finland. But I think he's like one of the best quarterbacks also in Europe. Just hands down, just can do whatever. All right. So past that point, I think Alpha, like you said, took the team on his back and and just had one of them games where. It didn't matter what happened on the other side of the ball. He made an impact, and and they just couldn't recover from it. And with Corpio losing 
reason over. Um, that that does something. It, it just does something. It's like first game back, and then you lose him. And, like, now it's like, all right, what are we going to do from here? And we can see that Corpio hasn't – they haven't adjusted to it. They, they just didn't. They, they just – offensively, it did not look good. Um, Ambrose just – I don't know. He's trying to find like it's it's growing pains. Like I said, this early in the season, you're gonna have those growing pains, and right now you're seeing them. Early in the season, it's easy to mistake not mistake, but it's easily to look past stuff because you're winning, and the pressure isn't on him. But with no reason over, the pressure is always gonna be on Ambrose, and he's not at that stage in his football career to where he can take over these games. Um, to throw them out of situations, to 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 put together drives to make sure that they come out of games like this. Because I do feel like overall, I felt like they had a better chance to win this game. So, um, but I ain't taking it away that the Royals came in and said, "We don't care who y'all are, what y'all are supposed to be. We're gonna win this game." And I think Alpha himself was the leader, Timothy, and Demico, uh, and they they all just had a part to play in it. And they beat they beat Corpio, like beat him. Like it wasn't like uh, well, I think now they're gonna take over the game, nothing like that. It was like pretty much Royals and 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 what they did. And can't take that away from him. I ain't gonna say that Corpio lost the game because I don't feel like they lost the game. I just feel like the Royals played better and they wanted it more. I respectfully disagree <laughs> one thousand percent. Because if anybody won this game, first of all, the Royals didn't win this game. If anybody won this game, Alpha Jallo won this game. Get out of here. Alpha Jallo won this game. I mean, you got to call a spade a spade. Alpha Jallo won this game. If I want to be, you know, benevolent and say that he had help, yeah, Tim and and Tom, TNT, the the big three, Tim, Tom, Alpha. That's the only people touching the ball on offense. It's the only people responsible for their scoring. And then Alpha – stopped the only chance that the other team had to score as a defender, stopped their, their number one threat at receiver, and then took an interception back and added points from the defensive side. That was alpha. That was no one else. And then you saw that when they put someone else on the, the top receiver, the Steelers scored a, a touchdown. That means that if alpha hadn't played against him in that game, this could have been a whole nother game. And if we're there, if you were to say Alpha or maybe the big three beat the Steelers, yeah. But then, again, look at it offensively. They didn't do a lot. They really didn't. Um, Tim was seven for nine, but he had three touchdowns. What that means is two of those touchdowns went to Alpha, first of all. <laughs> two of them went to Alpha. The third <laughs> one was at the back of the end zone where Escobar got that one foot in, which was a great play, which is why – I mean, if you want to give Tim and Alpha and Tom the credit, I think Tom had like 80-something yards rushing and kept, and he didn't have any problem rushing in the game. Yeah, I'll give them a credit that they scored some points. But as we said before, you need 35 in the league. You need 35 to win the game. If they win a game with less than 35 points, that means the other team didn't do their job. Steelers didn't do their job. They were in the red zone three times and came out with two field goals and a pick. Mm. two field goals and a pick. So instead of it being 21 to 14, them up at halftime, they're down six to 14. 
And again, earlier I gave credit to Marcus O for, you know, making the field goals, but he shouldn't have been kicking field goals. Though they need to be making touchdowns. And you saw it in the game. The reason the Royals got ahead is because they scored touchdowns. When they got in the red zone, when they had the opportunity to score, they scored. The Steelers did not do that. And again, we can bring it down to that quarterback who's not up to par with the rest of this team. Tuka Letton had a day. They ran the ball well. Yeah. The Steelers did a really smart thing that a lot of people might not have been watching, but you know, I'm watching O-line this year. They moved their left guard to right tackle to go against Demarcus Artis most of the game. And he did a hell of a job protecting and run blocking for the Steelers. They were able to move the ball. They moved the ball with ease on offense. Yet for some reason, they couldn't get points. And it wasn't because at the red zone, all of a sudden the Royals got good. No, they got into the red zone and all of a sudden they started throwing passes. And Ambrose couldn't hit the backside of a barn. And that's how it looked all game. <laughs> and I know it was raining, blase, blase. I don't want excuses, but in this game, the Steelers lost this game when they should have won this game and punched their ticket to the playoffs. But that's what we're going to see from the Steelers going into the rest of the season is a team that's really good. They're able to run the ball, yet if they have to pass the ball, we don't know what we're going to get from Ambrose. And that's why they lost this game. No disrespect to the Royals and Alpha doing his thing, but come on, man. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> If, we, if one player, if three players can beat your whole team, come on now, you're <laughs> not doing something right. And then, and then, if you were watching the game, Hanez Haru open all game because Alpha's not guarding him. The other guys guarding him. The young U twenty kid, Hanez Haru open all game. Ball nowhere near him. When when they're trying to throw it to him, he's wide open. The ball nowhere near him. Those are points left on the field. Because he he could have scored two more touchdowns in this game. He wide open. But the quarterback can't get the ball to him. And I don't want to hear about the rain. It wasn't that bad. Everybody can throw a wet ball if you're actually a quarterback. And that's why the Steelers lost this game. Because they have two premier receivers that they can't get the ball to. Nobody in this league has two alphas. So nobody <laughs> can just stop both the receivers. <laughs> And Hannes was open. And they threw him <laughs> the ball, but the ball didn't get there. And he did drop that one pass in the end zone that he fell on, so I'll give you that. But Ambrose threw 30 passes. They caught like 17 or 18 of them. So it's that same situation. Is the Steelers are limiting themselves this season by hitching their wagon to a dead horse. Yeah, that's what I'm calling it, mm-hmm. a dead horse. Like you, you can't expect the team to play at its highest level when one of the key ingredients isn't there. Like you don't you don't have a quarterback that can get the ball to these players against decent talent. I mean I mean they could beat the Wolverines and maybe the, the bad version of the Roosters, but this team is one game away from the playoffs. They're gonna get in the playoffs. They're gonna win one more game. I think they have uh don't they have a Wolverines game left? Yeah, they have a Wolverines game left. So they're gonna get in the playoffs, but do you think they could beat any any team in the playoffs? Do they could beat the Crocs, Butchers, Royals, or the Roosters? No, because in one game, the other team is going to take away the two receivers. Do good enough to stop the run, just good enough, not great. All you need is you know one play here or there, and then say Ambro winning for your team, and then he's going to throw it to the other team, and that's just how it's going to be. Or or he's going to throw out of bounds by ten yards. So that's what happened in this game. 
And that's why I still believe that the Steelers lost this game. It makes me upset <laughs> that I have the Steelers hat that I can't wear proudly because they out here losing. <laughs> Got no Royals hat, man. But uh, mm. <laughs> yeah, that that's about how I feel about it. I, I feel I, I said everything I want to say. I'm not even gonna go over my notes, but I said everything <laughs> I want to say. <laughs> Represent the community and buy us a coffee. AFF is run by volunteers who love the sport and want to give you the best coverage of it as possible. In true Finnish fashion, we love coffee and would appreciate any donation to help us buy a cup or two. You can donate online at buymeacoffee.com forward slash AFF23. That's it for this episode of American Football in Finland. Hope it was worth the listen. Any words before we get out of here, Q? Oh uh, no! It's just good luck to all the teams, man. I want to see everybody healthy and with their with their rightful arsenal, so it is there is no regret. So looking back, like man, I wish so and so was this, I wish so and so was that. Uh, now is the time to make your statements on what you plan on ending this season doing, and I'm just excited that we get to. I'm excited that it's not clear cut this year. Yeah. Besides the Crocs, besides the Crocs being you know up there. As the top team, it's still not, I'm I'm not saying that I see anybody else beating them when it comes down to it, um, right now. But obviously, there's a chance. But the bottom is is it's a war down there right now at the bottom. So um, I'm just excited that we get to finish the season off like this before the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So we get a lot of good football before we even get to the playoffs, and I think that's a great thing. So um, that's what I'm excited to see. Yeah, that's definitely going to be awesome to see how the season finishes, especially after the national team game. If you enjoy the show, please follow us on any podcast outlet that you're on, including YouTube. And don't forget to rate us five stars as well. Uh, Like, follow, subscribe, whatever. Stay with us. And if you give us, if you're going to rate us, give us five stars. Anything less tells us you are a hater. You can follow us on the gram and Facebook at American Football in Finland. Until next time, never forget P I F. We go and we go. American football in Finland. Attention, business owners and entrepreneurs. Are you ready to connect with passionate American football enthusiasts in Finland? Look no further than the American Football in Finland podcast. With over 1,000 dedicated subscribers and an impressive 20,000 downloads, your message can reach a captive audience eager for your products or services. Take advantage of over 10,000 monthly social media impressions to boost your brand's visibility. Imagine the impact of your message resonating with this engaged community. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to increase brand awareness, drive traffic, and grow your business. Contact us today to secure your exclusive ad spot on the American Football in Finland podcast. Get ready to score big with your target audience.